lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He is Todd Erzin. He is Aaron McIntyre, and you are you. By the way, put the camera back on Todd for a second. If you like that uh, Steve Dace Show swag pullover that Erzin is wearing today, clearly he has a lot of experience in modeling. Fourth turn is the charm, brother. Well done. Okay. I like it. Uh, if you like that, though, and you, I get asked about this all the time, family asks me, friends ask me, and I should mention this more often, you know, we do have a Blaze Media shop where you can get a lot of the Blaze merch uh, that we wear uh, that uh, and, and stuff not just for our show, but all the shows and a lot of pro-American messages here that we promote at The Blaze as well. Uh, just go to shop.blazemedia.com, shop.blazemedia.com, and at the checkout, enter in DACE10, my last name, D-E-A-C-E, DACE10, to get 10% off your order when you go to shop.blazemedia.com. I just I saw you wearing the pullover today, and I thought, you know what? I just need to mention that more often. I often forget about that. So, And if you'd like to know where I get this shirt, you can go to Walmart. <laughs> What's the promo code on that? White trash five. <laughs> yeah. And just go to walmart.com, put in white trash five, and you probably won't get a discount, but it's Walmart and it was made in Honduras or Taiwan for 30 cents, so you won't need to. So they won't be advertising on our show No, probably soon. not anytime soon, <laughs> I, I would imagine, no. Uh, you can let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E, like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor and Gab. You can follow me on Twitter uh, at Steve Dace Show uh, as well as over on Getter. Look for me at Real Steve Dace on Truth Social and then get clips of the show free to watch without any censorship when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. Coming up on today's show, we will get into Pop Culture Tuesday. I mentioned Trump's Truth Social just a moment ago. News last week that Truth Social is looking at expanding into the realm of producing original content, like a Hulu. That was the specific example that was given in uh, the article that I read about it. And could this be successful? Is there a market for this? We will get into this here with Pop Culture Tuesday. By the way, Clay Travis over at OutKick has an analysis up of ESPN's latest uh, financials. And they've lost something like, I think he said, 8 million subscribers. And he, this is a pretty exhaustive piece, but there's a ton of data, so it had me enthralled and I got to the very end of it. But to make a long story short, he makes a case that ESPN as a business model is basically IBM in the 1970s. That it looks too big to fail right now. But the technological innovations that are coming in inevitable are going to show it's really a house of cards. And his point is that it can't get by without live sporting events. That's the only reason people want access to the channel is to get access to live sporting events. But are the rights to those getting cheaper or more expensive? The latter. The latter. uh, There's talk the Big Ten Conference may sign a billion dollar deal here any day now. And so they're in, that puts ESPN in a catch-22 where they are losing subscriber revenue in droves. But the thing that makes people subscribe, of course, is the live sporting events, which is the most important thing for them, or the most expensive thing, I should say, for them to acquire. 
And so we'll get into that and how that relates to what they're talking about doing over on Truth Social. We'll discuss that later today over on Pop Culture Tuesday. For fake news or not, I had not intended to do this uh, originally. I thought we kind of had a very good and uh, thoughtful conversation for an hour yesterday about Ukraine. But I got up this morning and I'm, I'm, str- I'm, I'm going through Twitter, figuring out, you know, trying to get up to date on what's going on because I've told you guys before, that's, that's what I use now for my Nexus search or my AP wire. My, that's what Drudge used to be, right? Okay, with the bookmarks. That's what I use Twitter for. And I see that um, there's a tweet going around from the World Economic Forum where their key speaker yesterday was Vladimir Zelensky who is the embattled leader of Ukraine, embattled because his country was invaded, uh, unjustifiably, I believe, by Vladimir Putin, uh, the head of Russia. And, And in this tweet, it was a strong expression of solidarity with Vladimir Zelensky and Ukraine. And this sent me down a rabbit hole this morning, and the next thing I knew, like an hour went by. And I ended up looking at every single tweet that the World Economic Forum put in its thread, the first 24 hours of its confab that's going on right now. I think it's in Switzerland, right? Yep. It's happening right now this week. And that led to me posting a thread about this excursion on Twitter this morning. And we're going to discuss it for fake news or not. And I'll let you guys decide is what I put up there about this fake news or not. I think this is fascinating because... A, I do agree. We had a really good discussion. But B, like this was for a while a no-go zone mm-hmm. for you, just for the principle you've sat down on others. Like there's just too much that I can't, it's intangible. I can't know. But you've clearly pivoted. And I think in real time, we're all going to find out, myself included, like w- what you saw that now you think there is there there. Exactly. And that's what I want to discuss. And we'll get to that for fake news or not. Uh, that's coming up uh, next hour. At the bottom of this hour, Catherine Engelbrecht. That name sounds familiar. It's probably because you've seen 2000 Mules, which I think is still the number one selling DVD at Amazon.com. Think about that. Spider, there's not one but two Tom Holland movies out right now, and one of them is called Spider-Man, and 2,000 Mules is outselling them all at Amazon.com. Well, her organization, True the Vote, was featured prominently. In fact, it, it basically is the entire documentary. Everything that Dinesh D'Souza puts in that documentary pretty much rises and falls with what True the Vote uncovers in, in within it. So we're going to have some follow-up questions and discussion with Catherine. Uh, that's coming up here at the bottom of the hour. We look forward to that. But before we get to all of that, we begin as we always do, of course, with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by the Globalists. The World Economic Forum's annual confab continued yesterday. We'll begin with Australian e-safety commissioner, whatever the heck that is, Julie Inman Grant, on freedom of speech. We are finding ourselves in a place um, where we're, we have increasing polarization everywhere and everything feels binary when it doesn't need to be. So I think we're gonna have to think about a recalibration of a whole range of human rights that are playing out online, you know, from freedom of speech to the freedom to, you know, to be free from on- online violence. Alibaba Group President Jay Michael Evans says his company is developing ways to track very specific details about each consumer. Alibaba, by the way, is like the Asian Chinese version of Amazon. We're developing 
through technology and ability for consumers to measure their own carbon footprint. What does that mean? That's where are they traveling? How are they traveling? What are they eating? What are they consuming on the platform? So individual carbon footprint tracker. Hmm. Stay tuned. We don't have it operational yet, but this is something that we're working on. The Rebel News bumped into New York Times Deputy Managing Editor Rebecca Blumenstein to ask her why she's attending the meeting as an invited guest instead of as a member of the media. How is the public meant to believe that the New York Times is here to actually ask the tough questions when you're here as an invited guest? How are people meant to rely on the mainstream media? We have... We if you wouldn't mind, we're just having That's, a, just if you could give us, you know, thank you. No, I, you don't want to explain to people why we should trust the mainstream media? No? Of course, no comment. Stefan Bansell, the CEO of Moderna, had this to say about his mRNA COVID jabs. I'm in the process of throwing 30 million doses into the garbage because nobody wants them. Uh, we have a big demand problem. Moving on, Pfizer announced recently it's preparing to begin pushing its COVID jabs for kids under the age of five. In completely unrelated news, independent journalist Kyle Becker is reporting that all 16 runners who collapsed and the runner who died during the Brooklyn half marathon over the weekend said they had received the COVID jab. And now the definition of the word projection. Here's Dr. Anthony Fauci at the commencement ceremony for Princeton University. If you take away nothing else... From what I say today, I appeal to you, please remember this. It is our collective responsibility not to shrug our shoulders and sink to a tacit acceptance of the normalization of untruths. Because if we do, lies become dominant and reality is distorted. And then truth means nothing, integrity means nothing, And facts means nothing. The Archbishop of the San Francisco Archdiocese has banned Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi from participating in Holy Communion until she publicly repents of her stance on baby killing. Archbishop Salvatore Cordelione said in a statement Friday, quote, I'm hereby notifying you that you are not to present yourself for Holy Communion and, should you do so, you are not to be admitted to Holy Communion until such time as you publicly repudiate your advocacy for the legitimacy of abortion and confess and receive absolute solution of this grave sin in the sacrament of penance, end quote. Noted Catholic scholar Whoopi Goldberg had some thoughts. This is not your job, dude. <laughs> that is not, you can't, that is not up to you to make that decision. Kamalabaliti Gook update as the vice president reminds us once again, our children belong to them. You know, when we talk about our children, I know for this group, we all believe that when we talk about the children of the community, they are the children of the community. A hack of police computers in the Xinjiang region of China have reportedly revealed evidence of thousands of Uyghurs being detained in re-education camps, shoot-to-kill orders from police, as well as documented demands from Chinese dictator Xi Jinping to build new re-education camps because the current ones are overcrowded. The hacked documents were posted on the website XinjiangPoliceFiles.com in conjunction with Dr. Adrian Zenz of the Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation. And finally, today is another primary day in five states, including Texas and Georgia, the latter state you may remember, enacted new voting laws last year, which the left called Jim Crow 2.0. Major League Baseball pulled their all-star game out of Atlanta over the matter. Well, today, election officials across the state are reporting a record-breaking turnout 
of voters. And that's what happened while we were away. To which Stacey Abrams literally said this morning, record turnout doesn't mean there isn't voter suppression. Record turnout can only mean racism. Yes. Hit the game, not the player. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, Aaron's Montage brought to you by my glasses. If you like them or think you can do even better, good news, you probably can. With our friends over at Better Spectacles, because now they're offering you, for the first time, with wide distribution here in the U.S., German-engineered rodent-stock eyewear. Those help you if you've got a problematic prescription like me, where I'm a little far and a little near, to not have to get the dorky frames anymore, but you can get the stuff the cool kids, which is the regular everyday uh, prescriptions they get to wear. And if you've got a regular everyday cool kid prescription, they can help you with one of those as well, with one of their best-trained opticians in the country. And they'll give you a huge discount to get started. 61% off is the introductory offer. And they throw in the rodent stock frames for free to get you started. Free rodent stock frames and 61% off when you go to betterspectacles.com slash Steve. Again, that's betterspectacles.com slash Steve. Today in the overtime, which we will record right after today's show, we will be discussing the suffering plight of the Georgia Republican primary voter. We feel you. We feel for you. Your choice today is a guy in the gubernatorial primary is a guy that prior to the election was somewhere between our governor, Kim Reynolds and Ron DeSantis and had proven to exceed a lot of people's expectations and Brian Kemp. And then after the election, just suddenly and immediately morphed into Mitt Romney. And then there's the guy that Trump wants you to use to retaliate David Perdue, who has been Mitt Romney all of the time. And you're really just banking on, man, I really just hope this guy is a craven hack that will literally do anything Trump says. Right? Is that Did I articulate pretty much yep. what the options are in the Georgia Republican gubernatorial primary today? Correct. So um, Let's talk about it more then. We're going to talk about it some more. Yes. We will break that catch-22 down. They once asked the great prophet Bart Simpson, can you define a catch-22? And he said, damned if you do and damned if you don't. That's exactly what we will be discussing today in the overtime. Nice Simpsons poll. Did you like that? Yeah. When you go to blazetv.com slash dace, that's blazetv.com slash dace, which is where you can also go to get a discounted subscription. If you're not yet one, so you can watch that and all of our other exclusive content at blazetv.com slash dace. All right, let's, let's go to the montage, shall we? And first and foremost... We got to applaud many of you in this audience. All right. The Moderna guy coming out and saying he's got 32 million doses of that poisonous jab and no demand for them. And they're going to be throwing them away. That's how it's done. Just think about how I feel when I hear that. My people. Yes. Come. (laughs) Rejoice. Yeah, that that's very well done. I just I wanted I wanted to acknowledge that. Um because when we find when we when we say things like last year, the answer is us or this year, let's find out. Let's find out when we say no. Let's find out. And enough of us were willing to say no that earlier this year the Supreme Court looked at this and said this will 
completely disrupt the nation if we uphold this broad mandate. Now, we'll keep it up on the healthcare workers and the military because we can directly control them and they're not that many people. But if we broadly apply this to the entire country, the whole facade of this will explode. The economy can't sustain it. So our defiance, not the law, unfortunately, our defiance is what led to that decision earlier this year. And now, and now you have forced the head of Moderna to show up tail firmly ensconced uh, between uh, legs to his betters, his pimps, his masters there at, at Davos to say, we're going to get skunked, man, with 32 million doses. Now, it's still not nearly enough. Still too many people injecting this into their bodies, playing Russian roulette with this experimental poisonous substance. But getting him to make an acknowledgement like that, hey, man, Give yourself a round of applause. That is very much well-deserved. Especially in light of this news of the Brooklyn Half Marathon. And I love the subhead of the story there. Well, I mean, it was record temps and, and humidity. I mean, it was warm, yeah. But it was it was also a half marathon. And it was 16 people. And one of them died. I have wondered, why have we not seen the issues with athletes here in the States like what we've seen all over the world, right? Particularly with soccer players. And we just went through, and I've, I've mentioned this before, we went through an entire NCAA tournament where almost, I got to believe almost everybody on that floor was jabbed. <clears throat> A lot of them young men in the target age for higher elevated risk of myocarditis and with the exception of one curious situation in the championship game which they then brushed off as a guy took you know a shot to the abdomen and it took his breath away and he went back out there on the floor I don't just I'll just tell you I've watched a lot of college basketball over the last 40 years and a lot of it's in the Big Ten where we call shots to the abdomen hand checks in this league okay where um, you've got to go the full Brad Davidson and nut cut people like you're a former Badger to actually draw the ire of Big Ten basketball fans because there's a certain expectation of violence that will be permitted in our league, okay? That it's not until you go to the nut cupping of a Brad Davidson that people start to lose it in the Big Ten, right? So say we all. Indeed. Okay. So I've seen a lot of shots to the abdomen, man. I've never seen anything like what that North Carolina kid took in that championship game, but... Maybe that was just uniquely bad. I don't know. But we didn't see guys dropping like flies like we do in Europe all the time, right? Right. And now we have this event. Could it be as simple as, because here's the thing you have a lot of during the NCAA tournament too. Basketball is obviously a very high cardio endurance sport, right? Mm-hmm. But here's, you ha- here's what, what do you have a lot of during the NCAA tournament? What, what do you have a lot of during March Madness? Commercials. Which means you have a lot of what? Timeouts. Which means you also have longer what? Timeouts. Right? Mm -hmm. How many timeouts do you take if you're trying to win a half marathon? I'm guessing the answer is un poquito if you're actually trying to win it. Right? It also kind of explains soccer. It does explain soccer. Not many timeouts there. Indeed. Um, Which is a high endurance calisthenic um, and not a sport. So that would... uh, No, you like that? We weren't going to get that. You back. almost no. got that. No, no, no. almost got no, that. No, no. 
I am not going to let you welcome your people to your granola crunching uh, sub movement, subculture, and then not crush soccer Even in the exact same show. The, the Steve Dace giveth and Steve Dace taketh away. That was, that was truly on brand. Even in the oppressive poisoning jab alert, he tries to slide in a drip on me in soccer. I mean, I, I respect the game, not and the player. Thank you. Thank you very much. But it is a very, as, as a sport, high endurance calisthenics are, and high endurance cardio is part of the sport. I mean, they're running around back and forth in that little middle area of the pitch while not doing any shots on goal or doing anything that would actually cause or create scoring whatsoever for what? 90 minutes, Todd, right? You're, Nonstop? You're bearing the lead. Am I? Okay. But have I made my point? Okay, we'll move on. Which one? Because <laughs> I've made about three. Um, Multitasking! Yes, but back to the original point I was trying to make. This is the first kind of that event that we have seen at least highly publicized in the US. I'm you know, I must admit and I probably don't profile as the person that knows what the marathon calendar is, uh, you know, as, as from a sporting mm-hmm. standpoint. High profile is the important part here because as you know, uh Senator Ron Johnson has invited some athletes who've mm-hmm. had this problem. I know there was a like a championship mountain biker that was part of that panel. So, yep. but I think he did part- a YouTube video series about his experience right. with it. Yes, yeah. But it's exactly. easier to hide that. Than- yes. Kind of hard to hide this. Yes. Kind of hard to hide this. Which which brings us to a provocative statement. And I, I first heard this from Daniel Horowitz about a month ago. And then whenever Daniel says something, I have to ponder. Is he just going Daniel Horowitz or is he ahead of the curve and articulating a position I'm going to have here like in a couple of weeks, right? Because with Daniel... It could literally be either or, or even both, as a matter of fact. And he said something to me about a month ago. We were having a private discussion about a project we are working on together. And he said, Pfizer is the new Planned Parenthood. And then he said, though, it's even worse because they don't force or herd you into a Planned Parenthood. You might get coerced. You might get manipulated, right, with their mm-hmm. propaganda in the culture and in the schools. Mm-hmm. But they don't force that upon you, okay? You can't, if you, are, if you are pregnant and refuse to get an abortion, you can't be denied employment, for example, right? Or admission to a school, right? Um, here, they, they thought, or at least they thought they could, and they still can if you work in healthcare or or in the military, they, they can't force you to, to they, they can force you to take this when they can't force you into an abortion. He said, Hey, it's the new Planned Parenthood, but it's even worse because of the compulsion, the compulsive aspect. And I, I paused when he said that. And then I realized, yeah, that's a hundred percent right on brand. Pfizer is the new Planned Parenthood. It won't surprise you. The only addendum I would make is that it's been Planned Parenthood all along. Or Planned Parenthood all along, for that matter. Yeah. I'm open based off of, and I don't know how you could not be. But I'm, I'm open to entertaining a lot of notions that, frankly, weren't even on my radar 26 months ago because I had 26 other things on my radar. Okay? But... I don't know how you can't be willing to renegotiate or reconsider your views on a lot of things in light of what we have seen over the last 26 months. And now they want to expand this more to little children. 
And I'm just going to tell you right now, if you inject that in your children, you're a terrible parent. Here, here. Parent, period. Full stop. You're a terrible parent if you put that in your child. Let's go to San Francisco. We have to. <laughs> um, I mean, we could make a lot of hay with Whoopi Goldberg. It, it, you're certainly welcome to your own views on religion or or the the hierarchy of the Catholic Church and what it what its policies and beliefs are. This is a great point you always make about this perspective on other people's churches, right? You're yeah. going to say you don't get to make up but their you rules you, for them. Yes, yes. I mean, that the reality is that's exactly his job, Whoopi, is to make these kinds of determinations. That is his, exactly his job. And if As you anything, say, you wish he'd do it more. If anything, he should have done this 20 <laughs> years ago. Yes. Thank you. It's been his job all along. I mean, he, I mean, I, he's got, this guy's gotten, and, and I don't know, how, how long has he been there in that position? Do you Pope, know? Pope Francis, it's... No, this like, this archbishop there of, oh, of, of that me, diocese. Uh I, I, I'm familiar with him for a while. It's okay. been a little while. All right. So, but he, this, he's not new on the job. He's not new on the job. Okay. So then he, then, then is, is her a positions that in violation of church teaching on baby killing? Are those new? Uh, no. No. So, I mean, this should have been done. Yes. So this guy's, it, it, what's funny is this guy's getting a lot of hosannas right now for doing this from uh, defenders of orthodoxy or trad Catholics, as you guys like to call yourselves, right? When in reality, um, he should have been, he was not, he was derelict in not doing his job all this time. This, this should have been done or by his predecessor. So he never even inherited this mess long before because she's been in violation of church teaching on these lines and brazenly so all of this time. You may disagree with their orthodoxy, but that is actually in essence his job. And her brazenness is why she was anointed by the Democrat Party to be a leader. So you, instantly you're setting up that your job is to police that in the moment when it becomes something, particularly, it's one thing to handle her as an individual. Right. Now she's leading a flock and leading a flock into grotesque error. What you're seeing, if you go back and look at the first century or the first couple centuries, centuries of Christianity, and you have to understand we live in a post-Christian era now. So we were the first nation ever to some degree inspired by Christian thought and ethics. And we're now the first nation ever to be inspired by, to some degree, Christian thought and ethics to then be a post-Christian nation. So we're making history on the front and the back end here as a people. Well, if you go look at the the first couple of, say, pre-Augustine, pre-Constantine centuries of Christianity within the Roman Empire, Christians were accused of being cannibals for partaking in the in uh, in communion or the Eucharist. Uh, Christians were considered to be polytheists for believing in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, I mean, just strange things that either were a byproduct of not of truly not understanding, earnestly not understanding the metaphysical nature of these teachings within Christianity, that they are, they are literal truths, but you cannot take them too literally. They are, they are expressions or, or, or symbols or our best attempt 
in the case of the Trinity, our best attempt to explain a hyperstatic metaphysical union beyond our limited human understanding. Okay. Not to be taken as uh, a plus B equals C, not necessarily from an unregenerate mind. Otherwise you won't grasp the metaphysical aspect of what it is we're talking about here. Or these were teachings that were specifically distorted in order to keep Christianity from becoming a mainstream religion because of its, of the, of the, of the threat that it posed within the empire to that happening. You're witnessing this in real time reoccur in the West now. You know, I don't, I have no idea if Whoopi Goldberg's just that ignorant because it's certainly possible, right? It's certainly possible. She's just that ignorant of church teaching or ecclesiology it's also just as possible she's fully aware of it and is and understands her belief system is threatened by an expression of it Make sure you're prepared for the next time. Hey, that could never happen here. Happens here. We've had a lot of those moments over the last 26 months, and they keep happening. That's why you want to get hold of our friends over at My Patriot Supply. They're America's largest preparedness company. Right now, they can help you. Make sure that you have a backup emergency three-month food supply. That includes breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, drinks, 2,000 plus calories for you and everyone in your household. Uh, And it'll stay good for up to 25 years with proper storage. And you can get it right now for 150 bucks off. That's big savings if you get it at uh, the website dedicated to our show, preparewithdace.com. That is preparewithdace.com. $150 off three-month emergency food kit right now at preparewithdace.com. We are efforting to get a hold of Catherine Engelbrecht, correct? I believe we have her via audio right now, but no video. Catherine, are you there? I am. Can y'all hear me? We can hear you just fine. Hey, Catherine, welcome uh, to the show here. Steve Dace, it's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for joining Thanks us. Thanks so much for having me. Sorry for the sorry for the confusion. This did not make my calendar for whatever reason, so um, I'm, I apologize. I'm, I'm driving in a rainstorm right now, but I'm hopeful you can hear me and we can still talk oh we hear you just fine uh, provided you're Great. safe we don't want to put you in danger yes. by talking to our little sliver of <laughs> no, the universe no okay no worries at all well um it, it I, i've had a chance to watch 2000 mules and review it and essentially my review of the film without any ability to independently verify its claims but as someone who has worked uh, and covered campaigns from school board to president of the United States. I've got a fairly decent grasp of how the how the, uh, voters behave, voting patterns. And as we were, I was helping to anchor our coverage on election night here on Blaze TV in 2020. I just saw numerous in real time, numerous irregularities that just simply don't make sense with the congruency of elections. Uh, it just did not make sense, for example, that Trump would do better than any Republican in modern times with black and especially Hispanic voters uh, and, and, and still lose by this level of a margin. It just didn't make sense. We looked at can't counties like Antrim County in Michigan as we were following things of that nature in real time 
But so I can analyze those things with my experience, but but I can't quantify the claims that Dinesh makes. And that's where you guys come in. I, in my view, your organization, True the Vote, you guys are pretty much the cornerstone of that documentary. Do you agree or disagree with that? No, I totally agree. We we brought this uh, the data to Dinesh last summer um, after reaching a point in our research that we realized, you know, we have we have some hard choices to make here about how to break this story. And we felt like the best way to do it was to try to give context uh, that only long form, you know, content we thought could bring. So so that's that's how it all happened. And look, I completely concur uh, in, with your observations around things just didn't feel right. I mean, true though, it's been around since 2010. We were watching. I mean, we've seen things erode over the years, but certainly in the even in the in the outset of 2020, uh, under that fog of COVID, so many things were changing that Americans were unaware of. And as we got closer and closer to November, things changed at an ever more uh, rapid pace. And and so that led us to the you know, to the place that we found ourselves in trying to uh, quantify it in a way that um, you know would would help answer some questions and and we hope that that's what the movie's doing it definitely does that or at the very least um it poses questions that absolutely deserve to be further answered let's get to some let's get to some clarifications from the film because you and i had a brief exchange over email and i i did the best i could trying to grasp the the claims of the movie watching it in real time sharing that with my audience do you think there are have been any misunderstandings uh, about this geo tracking capability, or the or the data that you guys presented, Dinesh, that you want to clarify at all, Catherine. Well, I would like to just just sort of broadly say that the the movie is, you know, the result of fifteen plus months of work, and and in the scene where where Greg and I are seated and talking with Dinesh and Debbie that lasts for ten or fifteen minutes, that was really been I don't know eight or nine hour interview. And so a lot gets left on the cutting room floor, a lot of, of important details that um, had to do with things like our quality control and how we um, scrubbed the data to be certain that the accuracy would, would stand up in, you know, in, in the hands of law enforcement. Um, things like, for example, the conversation in the movie about the uh, criminal case that we took on and tried to um, put together a, a package that would be useful at that time for the for the Georgia Bureau of Investigations. It was actually two murders, the one that's described in the movie and then another one. And I think that some of those details got a little uh, conflated. But but at the end of the day, the the, the point is still there, that the data is used by law enforcement um, all day, every day. And it and now seeing how it's played out with respect to these drop boxes, you know, our hope is that law enforcement is going to see fit to investigate. One of the things that I found, I, I, I try to, and I have my whole career, try to look at arguments against what I think I'm seeing or even what I believe, because I kind of think that if I can't um, hold my own hold my own against counter beliefs, then maybe I'm believing the wrong thing, right? And That's and right. and one of the one of the leading charges I've seen against the film and you guys' work is on the reliance of geo tracking, which I find fascinating. Because somehow Uber knows exactly what tower at DFW I am at to pick me up or at LaGuardia or any of the other airports that I have to travail in this line of work. They can find, Uber can find exactly what gate I'm at or tower I'm at to send me my pickup ride. 
What is it that they're using in order to know that, right? I mean, there's been there's a, a, people. Some people are acting as if this technology is not defined or is unachievable and magical in some way, and you guys are <laughs> stretching it beyond the realm of credulity. And yet, that's how DoorDash found my house the other night. Explain that, please. I don't understand that. No, yeah, I mean, you're 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 exactly right in your observation that it is just um, a double standard. This type of, of data is used routinely by law enforcement. It was used, uh, you know, to to uh, with 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 great satisfaction by certain groups in the January sixth event. Hmm. Um, it was used by the used by the CDC to help monitor people from uh, social in social distancing and in making sure that they stayed in their homes. Um, it's it can be very very exacting. And to your example of Uber. You know, Uber is a great is a as a great illustration of yes, they they they, they watch you, and if you've ever noticed on the maps, as you're moving, it's it's your your you know your uh, data point is moving on the map as you move to better help the driver find you. It's it's all it's all trackable, and if you actually freeze the data and study it, study it for its patterns, study it for um, the 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 nexus between the drop boxes and the nonprofits in our case, or, 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 you know, the, the fine tuning that goes into rigorous um, quality control checks, you can get very, very accurate. And that's what we've, what we've done. Let's flip the script on you though. In fairness, let's play maybe even literally devil's advocate here for a second. What do you think is a part of the case here that you are unsure of or don't know the answer to and you don't want your reach to exceed your grasp? Um, we would love, we can only do so much. So even as we say it in the movie, you know, our, our thought back in 2021 when we first started presenting this to various law enforcement agencies was, you know, look at what we have, take this and add it to what you're working on and extend this inv- investigation. So, you know, we're acutely aware that we can only go so far. The things that we would love to see law enforcement pick up on are things like, um, you know, the, the, the um, reach for following the money, the money trails. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have access to all manner of data that we, you know, would be much harder for us to come by. Um, the connectedness between the states, we, you know, we see it through our filter, but certainly not not at the level that law enforcement can help to put it all together. So um, there's a lot of work left to be done, and it and it's torturous, right? Because it takes so long to put these cases together, and and we are um, walking that tightrope. We we want the public to know what we're doing, uh, and want them to know. What, with, with every shred of transparency that we can provide, um, how we've done what we've done and, and where it's headed next. But we also can't get ahead of these investigations. It does, it does, you know, the, it does a disservice to the greater good. So it's, uh, it's kind of finding that balance. Um, but, you know, there's, <laughs> there's just, in our opinion, no denying that our process is being abused the movie we believe shows that clearly and we just and we're so thankful that America's waking up to it and helping now you know with with the with all of the attention that it's getting it's helping law enforcement to move more quickly which is a great thing 
question we ask on our show a lot, Catherine, when we are presented with nihilistic outcomes or policies or decisions, and we don't want to immediately jump to ascribing sinister motives without, you know, mercy giving a chance to triumph over judgment here. So we ask this question a lot on our show. What would be the benign, innocent explanation for this? And to try right. to see if there is one. What is the right. benign, and innocent explanation for allowing nonprofits to harvest and collect volumes of ballots and then assign a certain amount of people that would then be the ones that would go and drop them off singularly with that level of responsibility in a system that's supposedly predicated on one man, one vote? What's the what's the benign, innocent explanation for why that is a good idea? You know, this, th that is exactly the way we began in, in, in posing, you know, our our in internal questions around moving forward in this process and, and, and forming up the hypothesis, because we started with, uh, you know, what might be the reason that you might go more than once to Dropbox, more than twice, more than three times, more than four times. And frankly, we, we there is no good reason, but that's why we set the standard so high with going to a minimum of 10 in a very narrow window of time, just so that we could uh, give any benefit of, of any shred of doubt um, and then stay more focused on, on the targets that still met the criteria. But w what good reason is there? We can't come up with one. Have you had law enforcement anywhere in the country, can you confirm for us, that has followed up on the data and material presented in this film? Um, Arizona is moving forward. Um, Georgia is moving forward um, in a way that is more slow than we would like, but um, you know they're getting there. And we've had the opportunity to present in Wisconsin. Looks like we're going to have an opportunity in Michigan. Um, had a, a, sh a brief opportunity in Pennsylvania, and I'm I'm reasonably confident that we're going to continue to move forward on all of those fronts. Um, ultimately into law enforcement. I'll tell you, really an exciting development is we've been um, contacted by sheriffs from across the country in mm. sheriff's associations mm -hmm. wanting to look at this more locally, recognizing that, you know, you get the higher up the food chain, you get the more politics uh, enters in and, and, and skews what should be otherwise normal processes of law and order. And um, sheriffs are willing to take this up. And so we're very excited about how that may look in the future. Catherine, final question I want to ask you. I got about two minutes here. My great frustration, and I think I'm probably not alone, in the aftermath of this election is I would run down for our audience all forms of irregularities just in terms of the outcomes that just aren't weren't congruent and symmetrical with how with, with previous election behavior and just simply aren't explained with, well, you know, we have changing coalitions. I'm going to need more of an explanation. That just didn't make any sense. And yet in the aftermath of this, though, when trying to quantify this, there was so much, I thought, you know, fantastical tail tra chasing with Dominion voting machines and what's the Dominion corporate flow chart and things that, and I kept telling my audience who wanted me to pursue those things, they're going to certify this election in the first week of December. They're then right. going to certify it at Congress in the first week of January. You don't have time to do some 10-year investigation. We got to quantify this now. What's the shortest distance between two points? And so I'm wondering how soon after the election is the information and data that you guys come up with in this film, would it have been available to us to track down? Um, 
Well, it would have been available in real time. I mean, think about you know, what would have happened if the, the local jurisdictions were actually monitoring the surveillance video that they had. Mm-hmm. I mean, that didn't happen. So, I mean, these 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 things could have been stopped. They could have been addressed. Um, but, you know, we were right there in the thick of it in the immediacy, uh, the immediate you know, days after the election um, ourselves wanting to look at the data just on who actually voted. And I'll give you an interesting data point there. As of March 1st, 2021, March 1st, 2021, only 11 states had been able to certify their roles as to who voted in 2020. Mm. So yes, we certified an election and moved on in the in the process of government, but there was nowhere close to the certainty around that election that that people thought there was. And and I agree with you too on on the choosing of the path to follow with Dominion and so forth. I mean, look, it, this, this is a thousand front war, but what what we show in our data, we believe, is some basic ground level grift that can be addressed 30 seconds so are you saying that this data would have would if we would if would have been looked for would have been available in time to impact certifications that occurred at the electoral college in december and congress in january a hundred percent a hundred percent but those mm. aren't the questions that were being were being asked and, mm. and, and you know and and left to its own devices still wouldn't be asked but you know, great rule of thumb, right? Is if you don't want the if you don't want the answers, you don't ask the questions, and that's where we find ourselves in elections today. And we have to ask the tough questions now. America has to answer because the government's not going to do it. Catherine Engelbrick uh, over at True the Vote. Uh, thank you for making a way to join us here today. Stay safe out there in the rainstorm, and uh, we're going to keep following your work. All right, God bless. Thank you so much. Thank you. You bet. Pardon my reflexive reaction to that answer and the amount of bile that I, it's from the amount of bile I had to swallow down. So we could, we could, we could help, you know, Lindy Linwood and Sidney Powell chase tales and stories that even if they weren't grifting us, there's no way possible could have been confirmed in time to have an impact. But this data, Catherine says, if looked for, could have been found all along. Got to get you guys' reaction to that before we get to fake news or not next hour. All right. We'll do that here in a moment. Back with hour two. Welcome back here on the Steve Day Show. Let us know what you think about what we think by emailing the program. Steve at SteveDace.com. Like us on Facebook, me, we parlor and gab. Follow me on Twitter and getter at Steve Day Show. Look for us on Truth Social now at Real Steve Dace. We'll be talking about Truth Social and Pop Culture Tuesday coming up here at the bottom of the hour. You can also get clips of the show free to watch and free of any censorship when you head over to rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. And don't forget, if you're a podcast listener, please leave us a five-star review. Hit subscribe or follow. Thank you to all of you that have done those things for us already and helped to spread the message of our program. We appreciate each and every one of you. And this portion of the program is brought to you by Alliance Defending Freedom. I don't make any appeals, a direct appeals for you to uh, donate to something. 
that I myself would not be or haven't been willing to donate to. And that's why I am confident in urging you and directly urging you to consider making a tax-deductible donation to Alliance Defending Freedom because they take cases that defend parental rights, pretty much all of our God-given rights, all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. They've got a high record of success, and they do it for all of their clients Pro bono, which means they get by on resources from donations from people like us. And if you would like to make one of those tax deductible donations, who knows, maybe the next business, the next family that's in the crosshairs of the state is your own. And you want Alliance Defending Freedom to be available to defend you. You can make a donation today at ADFlegal.org slash Steve. Look at it as a down payment on your freedoms. ADFlegal.org, ADF for Alliance Defending Freedom, ADFlegal.org slash Steve. We have to go back and close the loop on the conversation we just had with Catherine Engelbrecht from True the Vote. And as we were winding down and I looked at the clock, I I was pondering whether to ask this question. And I, I originally wasn't going to ask it for my own peace of mind. I did not want to know the answer. And then... I realized for my own peace of mind, I do need to know the answer. And so the question I asked her at the end, this geo-tracking data, if there would have been an effort to locate it, was it available soon enough in the aftermath of the 2020 election to have impacted the short window of certification, early December for the Electoral College, early January for Congress, And her answer was, absolutely, it would have been. And I want to get you guys' reaction right after I say this so that I'm the one that gets the blame for it. Because it needs to be said. And I'll take all the heat for it. So send it to me. This is another symptom of the TBNization of our thought process. It must always be the fantastical tale It doesn't mean the fantastical tale isn't true. But we have to live in the world as it is. What can we prove and how much time do we have to prove it? And we spent all those weeks and go back and listen to our shows at the time. How many times I laid out these irregularities. This stuff can't be simultaneously true. And oh, by the way, my buddy was sent by the Trump campaign to go monitor the vote in Philadelphia and just stood outside while they boarded up the windows and broke Pennsylvania law and wouldn't let them monitor the vote counting that went on for days and days and days. This is now going on in the GOP Senate primary. And now one of the Senate candidates, David McCormick, is now suing to have to have uh, mail in ballots that aren't properly filled out or dated to have them counted as ballots. And Pennsylvania says they will, but they'll set them aside just in case legally they have to be challenged. Here we go again. Here we go again. We have to find, we have to live with the shortest distance between two points as a straight line. I'm convinced that there is a large contingent of believers that believe in premillennial eschatology, not because they've seriously studied its conclusions and hermeneutically come to the conclusion that it is the best exegetical analysis of biblical end times teaching, but because it, the, the fantastical tale appeals to the senses. What's an antichrist? Who is it? Who could it be? Is this the moment? What will the mark be? 
the look for the fantastical tale. It's it's much more intriguing than an amillennial story. All right, man, the sheep and goats just live next to each other. The city of man, the city of God until the age end. Age ends. Jesus decides when the age ends, comes back and says, sheep over here, goats in the lake of fire and uh, new age. Or the post-millennial story, church reaches the ends of the earth with the gospel. Jesus says, all right, great commission fulfilled. I return. Sheep and goats there and uh, now a new heaven and new earth. That I can't write series of novels with speculative fiction about those theologies, can I? They're pretty matter of fact. Now, I'm not, by the way, I'm not arguing for any of these views. What I'm pointing out, though, is there is an attraction, I believe, to our senses of one view that I think lends itself to us. I want that. I, I want the fantastical. I don't want John MacArthur just opening up a Bible on a standstill camera in a pulpit and just telling me what it says. I, I need somebody overreacting and histrionics on TBN to get my attention. Otherwise, it just doesn't feel like there's a real there's real worship and teaching going on here. Does anybody know what how Augustine preached or Calvin? I don't know. When Luther go around slaying people in the spirit... And in the middle of saying something no one understood, then yelled out, hallelujah, amen. And everybody's like, yeah, whatever, dude. Is that, I don't know. Is that what happened? I don't know. I just know that's what happens on every damn show practically, or almost all of them on TBN. And much of, much of what accounts for Christian television. And what it does, it gets in the way of our own epistemology here. We just cravenly and with our senses dismiss things that don't appeal to our senses and go and run after the things that do. And it doesn't matter that the, it doesn't mean that the fantastical tale isn't true. It might be. But how many times did I say two years ago, guys, you sit here with me, the deadline's coming up, right? Deadline's coming up. Electoral College is meeting here in a month, next week, two weeks. They're going to certify this thing on January 6th. How many times did we say to go back and listen to the shows? While we just chased after fantastical tales, we were never going to be able to confirm. Now you guys may comment, now that I've pissed everybody off. Go ahead. I just think you were right on the right track when you started talking about Uber and that technology and how she reacted to that. Uh, This technology, it could have been used the way she said it was in enough time because it's ubiquitous. It's everywhere. And she says that's a frustration. The, The other side knows it. And you, the January 6th example uses it all the time to its advantage when it wants to. Now think for a second. When, it, when that reality, that obvious reality, can be set aside so easily, when what is at stake is electing the leader of the free world, what do you think they're going to do in terms of treating you when it comes to the jab. We already found that out. These little pills that we've they've been talking about that would have somehow data tracking in them so you can have increased compliance mm-hmm. when the chips go into your head. They didn't care about using obvious ready-made technology in a fair and transparent manner for this. The future is dark and bleak when it comes to technology and you. They plan on ruling you with it, not freeing you with it, ruling you with it what's funny is i agree that this is a tbnization of 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 the political process and actually i i kind of countered that during the break uh with what i'm about to say but i actually think it feeds right back into it 
if we would have been a people serious about the truth and serious about results and what's going to get us from point A to point B, we have a problem. There are incongruencies. What's going to give us the best chance proving that in the court of law, if we would just would have waited for a little bit or would have actually uh, been uh, moored instead of unmoored, this is actually the more compelling story. Thousands of mules in multiple states paid for by organizations or an organization that's funded in turn by dark money, actually. Turning the tide of the election. That's more of a compelling case than what is at the heart of it being alleged by uh, some hackers or a shadowy, shadowy organization pushing a bunch of buttons. But no, in the immediate ath- aftermath... Whoever had the most fantastical story, which happened to be the Dominion crap. And by the way, uh, every level of that company might be p- corrupt. Every one of the machines that they've made since they've been in existence. I think it's probably all true. Everything ever thinks about him, by I the way. I cannot verify that. <laughs> but I can't verify I can't it. verify yeah. that. And, and most likely neither can you, despite all of the things that you send me. And now 15 people and, you know, five times that are going to email Steve. So, you know, wh- whatever. I was actually, though... Maybe to end this on a little bit more of a positive note. I was actually really encouraged with that conversation with Catherine Engelbrecht uh, before the ending of it. Especially, specifically, the part where she talks about all of the sheriffs yeah. who have reached out to say, uh, essentially, because I, I'm encouraged about this because that tells me that on a granular level, there are at least um, at least a few, maybe even more than a few sheriffs out there who understand you know what taking this into my own hands right now that should be encouraging we just need more of you and more sheriffs and and people with power at the local level to demand something be done security increased what have you whatever the solution is at your local level i thought that was actually a pretty encouraging part of this amen Let's get to fake news or not brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. And I just wanted to verify because we don't want to give fake news here on the show. And you guys heard me just raving about the new brownie batter uh, puff that I tried yesterday. And I I just decided, you know what, um, in the interest of making sure we are also not dispensing fake news. I went back and grabbed another one this morning for my after workout snack. And I have to tell you guys, you're going to true the vote this thing. I am. I am. I can I can verify with the geo tracking uh, from the wrapper uh, to my mouth, that uh, this this thing absolutely was every bit as great as it was when I tried it for the first time yesterday. So if you want to try, whether it's the new brownie batter puffs or you're like, you know, marshmallows not my thing, you know, the everyday built bars, that's what hooked me. That's what we typically promote more than anything on the show here. Those are still readily available as well. So many great flavors. If you like chocolate peanut butter, you like mint chocolate, you like chocolate chocolate, they've got it all. Okay, they've got new birthday cake puffs. Remember, they had the birthday cake built bars last year, and you really liked those. And now they have come out with a puff line of the built of birthday cake marshmallow flavored uh, built bars as well. It's just the greatest protein bar of all time. You won't believe how low in calories it is how, because of how good it tastes. You won't believe how little sugars in them, how little carbs or calories in them because of how good they are. Try it now, or try it again, again and again, uh, for fifteen percent off with the promo code Dace. D-E-A-C-E will get you 15% off when at your, when you go to checkout at built.com for Built Bar. Built.com for Built Bar. All right, let's get to fake news or not. And I did not intend to do this this morning. This was not originally what we had lined up for fake news or not. 
I kind of thought we kind of um, emptied uh, the tank on Ukraine yesterday for an hour. And I got up this morning and I'm perusing Twitter to get caught up on what's transpired since I went to bed. And I see a tweet from the World Economic Forum making the rounds that um, has very kind words about the, quote, special address that Vladimir Zelensky, the embattled head of Ukraine, gave to the uh, Davos crowd yesterday uh, and for which he received a standing ovation. And that prompted me to then go look at, I went and looked at every tweet in their feed for the first 24 hours of their event this morning, which, I mean, that took me down. You want to talk about fantastical tales. That took me down the rabbit holes of the of the, of the plot points of left behind books. I have to tell you that much. Is there a color-coded <laughs> okay. raptor chart yeah. anywhere? I'm like, right after I got done saying, hey, careful with your fantastical tales. I'm when we get off the air here, I might be coming up with one of my own. Yeah. I might be in the back. Hey, pass me the orange. Yeah. All right. As I do my own color-coded rapture chart here on the show. But um and then going through everything they tweeted prompted me to put up this thread on Twitter and I want to share it with you here uh, for fake news or not and then Todd and Aaron you guys can decide is this fake news or not okay let's start with this I know that we like things simple in our short attention span world we don't like things with nuance however if we're going to be adults and we're going to be critical thinkers we that requires nuance and so therefore we have to navigate the following simultaneous truths in my view number one Vladimir Putin is not a good guy. Number two, Vladimir Putin is not justified in invading Ukraine. Number three, um, I urge you to look through the World Economic Forum's account on Twitter, and there's plenty of tweets in great detail, lots of clips, okay? You'll feel like you were there, except you won't smell the sulfur. Um, but you can look through the full 24 hours of their day one yesterday and just set aside all the Ukraine stuff and look at everything else. And I would defy you to find, and I mean anything, anything that is pro-Christian, pro-individual liberty, pro-constitution, pro-America on any level, because I'm going to tell you right now, I promise you, you won't find it. In fact, everything else that was highlighted in this account from day one of the World Economic Forum's summit is anathema to all those things I just mentioned, which built Western civilization and thus inspired American exceptionalism. And to me, this then leaves us with the following choice that we must wrestle with. That choice is this. Either the World Economic Forum is a blind squirrel who, in the midst of creating a Bond villain, as Aaron describes him, a left-behind end-times movie plot agenda, as I just described it, in the midst of all of that, suddenly and shockingly found a righteous acorn called Ukraine to gnaw on. That's one option. Could be true, right? Could be true. Okay, this is their Naomi Wolf, their Bill Maher. You know what I mean? It could be true. But what if it's not? Because if it's not, here's your other option. Or Ukraine is a proxy war. But the proxy is actually Putin versus Soros and the World Economic Forum. And that is not our fight in my view. Here we have competing interests and each of them are not our own or in our own. 
There, to me, this is no different than like an Assad versus Al Qaeda in Syria, the war they tried to get us into with John McCain's freedom fighters that he was it on a Memorial Day weekend. He whisked off to meet some freedom fighters in Syria to convince us to go to war there. And then Rand Paul's team did a little research on who these people were in the picture. And like that was an Al Qaeda operative. This guy's like on the terror watch list. Do you guys remember that story? Yeah. OK. Um, the, all Al Qaeda and Assad are arguing about is who gets to murder more and the kind of face covering the women have to wear. That's what they're arguing about the only difference here between that and what is what a putin versus world economic forum fight is is the latter they're all white that's it that's the only difference and the women's faces aren't covered i think i guess that's another one almost every single one of the nations that were highlighted in davos yesterday and again you can see all these clips with the various representatives from all these countries almost every one of the nations highlighted in davos yesterday including our own by the way imposed unprecedented crimes against humanity on their own people in the name of COVID. Crimes that are still being committed in some places and in some arenas. Crimes that people that did them are still not held accountable for. So here's a question then. What was the difference between living in Spain and, say, Russia for the last 26 months? Now, I would agree Russians live in constant fear of a 26 months like that any month that Putin is in charge, right? Because that could happen at any point with a Putin, right? I get that. However, and I, I put the term Western democracies in quotation marks here because throughout these videos, they refer to themselves as they represent Western liberal democracies. Sounds good, right? Till you realize they, they point out things like populism is a danger to Western liberal democracies, and they don't mean it in the way that people like me have at times been leery of going full populist because we don't believe human nature is basically good, right? And sometimes vo populi ends with a reign of terror and guillotines, right? Like France, okay? No, they mean it like, well, it's dangerous for you sheeple to have a voice and you should just be listening to us. That's what they mean. They, they don't mean it like that. They don't, they don't want you to even use measured populism like a Brexit vote or voting for Trump. They don't want, they're, not, they're not concerned about overly inflaming the passions of people that then cause other forms of overreaction. They don't want you to have any reaction. That's what they mean. Okay? So that's why I use the term Western democracies. So what was the difference between living in the Western democracy of Spain and Russia the last 26 months? Now, obviously, Putin's not a good guy, so if you live in Russia, you're threatened with that all the time. However, these Western democracies, they opened their Pandora's box here for the last 26 months, too. And they gave us a terrifying look at what's inside. Breathing, criminalized. Taking your kids to the park, criminalized. Uh, going, to, uh, going to visit grandma in the hospital, criminalized. Bodily autonomy for an increasingly dangerous experiment, violated. Job, lost. That's very Putin-esque to me. And what do I mean by that? It's very Putin-esque as in rights are now contingent upon your compliance. They're no longer unalienable. They're contingent on your compliance. That's what Xi thinks. That's what Maduro thinks. That's what Khomeini thinks. That's what Putin thinks. That's what Davos thinks. Does it matter what calendar, alphabet, or currency the tyrant uses if there are tyrants just the same? The only thing that separates the tyranny in Moscow from the... There's only one thing that separates the tyranny in Moscow from the Davos variety. You know what it is? 
it's that the one in Davos still has to fear the people to some degree, particularly the American people, because many of us still believe in God and we're armed. So they can't just perpetually roll over us. And that leads me to a difficult, but I think is true conclusion. Davos has let it be known it is coming for me. And it already has. Its agenda is specifically targeted at my values and way of life. That doesn't make Putin the hero by default or any other means. But what it does mean is I am not affirmatively for anything, anything that empowers Davos. The Ukrainian people that have been murdered and displaced deserve to be in the, don't deserve to be in the middle of any of this. Um, they do deserve all the mercy and charity that we can muster to show them. But apart from that, my worldview is not actively served by supporting either side. So I won't. And encourage my elected representatives to do the same. Nor do I see the World Economic Forum's success in Ukraine as some kind of hedge against the CCP, which is the cruise argument we wrestled with yesterday, right? That it would send a message to the CCP. If you go look at the, the World Economic Forum's thread, one of the most prominent videos there, they're discussing climate change with, a, with, with, a, with one of the leaders from China. The worst polluter in the freaking world. And it's not even close. They're the worst polluter in the world. And they get a choice seat to discuss climate change at Davos. No, um, the World Economic Forum winning in Ukraine is not a hedge that sends a message to the CCP because the World Economic Forum, if you look at the thread, they're seeking to impose their own version of a CCP paradigm on me. Social credit scores, compulsive uh, rights are based on, our, on, on your on compulsion and compliance with our edicts that are um, completely arbitrary and cannot be challenged. Which means in conclusion, we have to remember this. We live in a fallen and sinful world. We cannot magically think or project otherwise. This is the mistake our friends on the left often make. They project or magically think the world as they wish it to be and human nature as they wish it to be, not what it truly is. That means that at times we will be confronted with choices that are so bad, the best choice is not to choose. The only way to win the game is not to play. And so that's why I don't believe playing this game here. Gentlemen, your thoughts. Bravo. Remember that Putin is high-level KGB, an expert at that. I, I think what happened is that Putin, for a while, saw a world where that uh, he was cornered, and he and perhaps had just accepted it. That the the, the way of the world as he uh, as he once saw it was simply fading into the mist. But then, and heck, many of us, quite frankly, may have thought that too. You know, very much, you know, Francis Fukuyama, the end of history kind of thing. Uh, but but then I think he may be onto something. It doesn't mean he's a good or a bad guy. But I think it just became abundantly obvious that there were a lot of gangsters throughout the entire world. And they were working for this WEF. And I think that's where in a world where, yeah, he nibbled around the edges in the past uh, uh, of invading territory, but this all in, I, I I think he fully understands that I I'm I'm not even remotely alone 
in this world. And if nothing else, you can call me the bad guy you want. It's been my whole life. I don't care. But this guy is actually showing the world, those with eyes to see, that there are criminals at every level of the white Western world that Steve just got done talking about. And they're not criminals uh, because of toxic masculinity. They're criminals because they want to brainwash you that there's any such thing as masculinity at all through whatever means necessary. They want to end the West. So something you have to at at the the end of that. I've said multiple times that I, I think this conflict is really kind of like antibodies attacking um a virus or a pollutant or, or something in the system when it comes to the WA, WEF, um, Western liberal democracy cabal versus Putin. They see somebody in Putin and Russia as somebody believing that, uh, that, that, they're, that they're sovereign over their own affairs, that they can operate independently outside of this global, um, this, let's call it a global community. And that's really the reason that's that's one of the main reasons why there's so much hatred for Putin, not to say that that automatically makes Putin a good guy. Now, you might ask, why isn't that same hatred there for China? And you made that point, Steve. China's the model. Complete and total control. That's why they get by with the free pass on everything, not only because they've well bought off a lot of the world, but because they are the model that these types want to aspire to complete and total control over you, over your autonomy, over everything. And so it's like, um, on a much grander scale, it's like watching a game between, I don't know, Wisconsin and Michigan for me. Most of the time, my interests are not served. Um, And outside of, you know, maybe in this context, innocent bystanders in a war, I just hope for maximum carnage to the people who deserve it. Not to the ones who don't, but to the people who deserve it. That's what I hope. I'm not pulling for any side because no side is pulling for me. At the end of the day, these people want to control you. And they're telling you that as well. So what are you going to do about it? I think we have to also confront that more and more of the choices we are going to face in a post-Christian West are going to look like this. And that one of the main reasons why it really wasn't until post-Protestant Reformation, when there was some who were driven to the Reformation because They were concerned about the politicization and corruption they saw within Rome, even before they considered theologically the distinctions that were being drawn. Um, You know, is it Tekel who is the guy going around Europe, you know, raise money. And if you do so, uh, you'll be given your your loved ones will be bought out of purgatory. Okay. Um, And and then post-Reformation, we had groups like Anabaptists and others who said, hey, you know, Uh, culture change and stuff, not our thing. We're to live quiet lives in light of the gospel. Prior to that, there had never really been long drawn out conversations within, within Christendom about how to make maximum cultural impact because 
well, there was no Christendom. Um, you were the, you were the minority view everywhere you went in the world. You're the upstart. You're the plucky upstart. Whether it's Smyrna or Thyatira or Rome itself, you are the plucky upstart here. Okay, uh, so they weren't. Like right now, there's more Christians in China than there are in America. More born-again believers in China than there are in America. You know what they're not debating? They're not like holding conferences on how to end China's one-child policy. Why? Because they're, they're hiding. They, they don't have the luxury of, of debating that next level of influence with their faith. And I think we have to be prepared that as the West becomes increasingly de-Christianized, we're going to face more of these Sophie's choices, catch 22s, uh, these sort of conundrums that puzzle us with no clear, you know, white hat and black hat winner. We're going to face more of these choices. Well, uh, the recession, it looks to me like it's officially on. New housing starts have declined at a much lower rate than what was already the decline being forecasted, right? So that's usually a clear sign of where we are or at least where things are headed. But hey, you still are looking to you know get the hell out of New York, escape from New York, get the hell out of California, New Jersey. See the San Diego Unified School District. Remember when San Diego was red? Remember that? I do. San Diego Unified School District sent out a letter yesterday. They're going to remask the kids. Okay. One of Rush's subs was the former yeah, Roger was Hedgecock. It? Roger Hedgecock. That's a name I'd not heard in ages. He was the mayor of San Diego, yes, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, that just because the, the economy is in recession doesn't mean you might not still be looking to relocate. Uh, and if that is you, especially during these unprecedented times, Bing. make sure you find yourself a real estate agent you can trust to help you successfully navigate these murky waters. And where would you find them? Well, the name kind of says it all. Head over to realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, it's called realestateagentsitrust.com. If you trust Glenn Beck to some degree, and you probably do, otherwise you wouldn't be watching or listening to us on his platform, uh, then you can trust Real Estate Agents I Trust because it was started by Glenn and his associates because they realized there were agents that, out there that they found out the hard way they couldn't trust. So so that that would not happen to us, this company was established. And now just about anywhere you want to move to or from, we can help you find one at realestateagentsitrust.com. Saw an interesting story last week as we get to Pop Culture Tuesday. When we look at the intersection between culture and conservatism, this is a story from trendingpolitics.com, which is kind of a trending news, breaking news site within MAGA world, right? So you kind of think if anybody kind of knows what the tip on the dope rhyme is of Truth Social, Trump's social media platform, it would be a you know, a trendy website within MAGA world, right? Major details, here's the headline, major details drop about Trump's non-woke streaming service. Let me just read the story to you. President Trump just can't quit using his popularity, resources, and genius at marketing. I told you, this is, this is a MAGA world website. To conjure up more ways for the right to tackle the left's supremacy in the culture, particularly with social media and entertainment. First came Truth Social, an awesome Twitter competitor that's finally getting off the ground and that he's finally posting on. 
Then came Truth's partnership with Rumble, which ties the best non-Big Tech video service with the Twitter competitor that's likely to rise to the top. And Trump is apparently planning on mixing up the entertainment landscape. News on that comes from his media company, which, with one recent announcement, looks poised to shatter the leftist dominance of streaming and bring about a conservative-focused streaming service. Quote, Former President Trump's media company has begun hiring staff for its video streaming platform as it seeks to build a MAGA challenger to mainstream providers such as Netflix, Hulu, and Disney+. In recruitment adverts, the Trump Media and Technology Group announced it was seeking a content buyer and a development manager to create programming for its TMG Plus service. The service is part of Trump's attempt to build an alternative media ecosystem after being kicked off Facebook and YouTube. That would be huge, says Trending Politics, and obviously quite profitable for Trump which has given Fox such a step up, is that it's the only nominally conservative cable channel. That's a good way of describing it, actually, isn't it? Nominally conservative. Uh, Whereas the leftists all have to squabble for market share with all these other channels, conservatives all turn on Fox. Trump could now have that situation for entertainment and streaming if he plays his cards right, but for the vastly more popular streaming market. Further, it could be a major rebuke of the tech giants and dominant streaming platforms, showing them that the average American consumer is sick and tired of their nonsense and ready to start watching entertaining content again, rather than having to sift through mounds of leftist drivel just to watch a movie at night. The advert suggests TMG Plus will offer a wide variety of programs, some original and some brought in, bought in much like other existing platforms and that tmg plus will be a quote big tent platform offering broad-based entertainment rooted in free speech so let's get your initial thoughts before we delve more into the details just conceptually what do you think well, yeah, my answer conceptually versus the details is going to be much different. But conceptually, uh, this is a no-brainer. Ma- uh, Matthew Peterson, who we've had on our show multiple times from the it's Claremont, Claremont. Claremont. He, he's constantly yeah. hammering about this. Dave Rubin, in his own way, talks about this all the time. Steve, heck, you, going back before I had even heard of a Dave Rubin or a Matthew Peterson, had been talking about within the Christian movie sphere, Christian entertainment. So, yeah, obviously, there is a wide open space if somebody is capable on multiple fronts so you know, the financial wherewithal the vision quest the creativity all that stuff of course this is a good idea and i probably won't say anything positive after that mm, okay aaron let's talk conceptually first uh needs a new name sounds too much like lockjaw uh to me uh tmj tmg plus right mm-hmm. um no, maybe it is a good idea. I'm just I'm tapped out on new streaming services. I, there's like 50 of them now. Um, unless you're going to give people things that they can't really get anywhere else, I don't really see the point. I mean, CNN Plus learned this lesson. Uh, digital media, video media, especially is extraordinarily expensive 
to create and produce. I mean, seriously, it is very expensive. And I just, I'm not sure without seeing, now maybe their, maybe their show or channel lineup will be something that'll catch my attention, but just in theory, it doesn't matter if it's TMG or RNG or RNC or, uh, you know, uh, FJB plus, uh, I'm just a no on a new tr- streaming service. Hmm. Well, I certainly can't. Um, I, I, I certainly can't say you're not justified in thinking there's too many streaming services and too many streaming options. <clears throat> the one thing, though, I would say about this conceptually is this would be unlike if they can pull it off. And we'll get to that in a minute. This would be unlike any of the rest of them. This would be with, first of all, would bear his name, which comes with a certain amount of baggage and also a certain amount of benefits. Okay. So that would be the first thing. But the other thing would be the content in and of itself would be trying to specifically target an audience that is either taken for granted or, or intentionally offended by virtually every other streaming service. Fair? Yeah. So <clears throat> to me, I, I just think... pardon me sorry about that i I just think that aspect and i think the fox news analogy bears some weight i mean is fox news really in terms of the quality of its presentation forget about the content uh or the ideas expressed is the quality of its presentation really that much better than all the other cable news channels that it dominates in the ratings i would argue no does it have like you watch fox's graphics and it's and then you turn and you look at cnn's and msnbc's you're like wow that looks like you know boom goes the dynamite Mm -hmm. do you think that no uh it's announcer um i mean the, the nuts and bolts of its presentation is it that much better that it it's worthy of that level of market penetration and dominance compared to the others no of course not it's just that the specific content within that presentation is the only content that is targeted at a group of people, pardon me again, that these other platforms either intentionally ignore or intentionally offend. So they get that audience all to themselves. And that's why if you have, if you have the capital, because Aaron is correct, this will, the content is expensive to produce. So if you have hundreds of millions of dollars that you have raised or you've got a um, that you've preemptively raised to produce this content that you plan on allocating or approving for projects or you have a a model like an Angel Studios has that's who produced um, and produces The Chosen where they crowdfund things in advance. So people the way I think I understand it is. Um, <clears throat> content providers come to them with a concept or an idea or even a script. And if they approve of it, it has to get through their board first to say, Hey, this lines up with our values. And then if it does, they take it to their, to the people, uh, their supporters and they crowdfund it. And it has to be fully crowdfunded before any cameras roll or anything gets casted. I believe that's the model. Um, <clears throat> if they're going to follow a model like that, or they've got hundreds of millions of dollars invested to award and produce that content. Because when they talk about content that is brought in or bought in, 
Who would that be? Like, okay, so a couple, so Dave Chappelle gets canceled and Ricky Gervais gets canceled at Netflix. There's a couple. You know, in other words, what's the long line of content that is being produced with this our belief system is exactly that is just right. sitting on mothballs right now, you, you know, waiting for free use to be mined and, and to put on a platform? A lot of this would have to be, would have to be produced now. There's not a lot of this in, in arrears unless, you know, we're talking about like leave it to beaver reruns and stuff from the fifties, you know? So that's the other issue here. They're hungry and they're there and they're all kinds of conservatives in Hollywood and they're giving a ch- shot. The simple fact of the matter is, uh, as Steve said before, there's no silent majority. There is no he, Trump is a problem hiring all the best people, but here's another problem. There's not a lot of all the best people. <clears throat> Steve's exactly right. right I about mean, when all Fox this. came along, we already had Russia's established dominance. You already had Levin, Hannity, Beck, the 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 chief progeny of Russia's success that were nationally huge and successful. You, you still had Michael Reagan and G. Gordon Liddy on the air. Okay, <laughs> Michael Savage was a lot bigger. You had um you 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 had the the beginning of the. Conservative blogosphere was debuting at that point in time with Drudge and the rest of these websites. But but we already had, there were already contributors, talent for them to go and hire. Okay. I mean, I think it was, I think Hannity auditioned for Fox at the same time he was filling in for Rush. Who, outside of a few successes in this arena, and thank God I happen to be aligned with one of them and who's producing mm-hmm. the movie for me on nefarious aside, but who's the, who's, can you name seven or eight entities that have track records of success here? Cause I got to tell you, I'm in this industry. My business is is spending millions of dollars out of our own pocket to produce nefarious ourselves. We couldn't do it. We're pretty informed. I couldn't name you seven or eight people that have a successful track record doing this. And you know, it's it's not like there is a bunch of, you know, 1990s Michael Bay kind of stuff that they're going to let you get access to. They're going to keep that stuff on Netflix and Hulu. You know what I'm saying? They don't want it branded with Trump. So much of this will not be stuff that is brought in, but they will have to produce originally. And do they know, do they have an eye for talent? Do they know who's actually good at this? Have they considered it's going to cost them hundreds of millions of dollars probably to to compete at that level? That's all. I mean, I don't want them to not do it. I, I want them to do it. But that's, this isn't pure flicks. Because it carries Trump's name, there's going to be a certain level of expectation of success beyond a nice, wholesome niche within a niche like a pure flicks is. Exactly. All right. And you're calling your shot already? We're going to compete with Hulu and all? Okay. Then, then you better have like a half a billion dollars on the table right now in terms of resources that you're going to allocate to seven, eight, nine, ten content producers and say, here's your budget. Either it's an episodic show or a movie. Go get it done. I don't know. That's my only concern is given his track record of hirings in the White House, which is really what brought down his White House. That's my that's my concern. We, we, this is not a, this this endeavor won't be able to afford any Amorosas, Reince Priebuses, Rex Tillerson's, uh, Elaine Chow's. You know what I'm saying? I, I mean, you're going to do this. You got to get it right. But that's the proof of from concept. the very from the very. You got to hire Scott Atlas first. 
Okay, you can't go through eight months of Debbie Burks and Tony Fauci and realize we're effed here, bringing Scott Atlas. Yes. You got to figure out who Scott Atlas is from the dawn of this. Otherwise, man, you are this going to flush point. hundreds of millions of dollars down a toilet and embarrass yourself faster than you can say Trump wine. You took all my answers. That was exactly right. Oh, I'm sorry. There. I didn't mean to do that. Well, no. Our minds are becoming one. Aaron, you got anything? I mean, I can roll. I'm but... still out of no. <laughs> Aaron just is, doesn't want to pay 10 bucks a month for another streaming service that's out there. I th- to me, I think about this a bit like public schools, and I keep seeing it every day I, I, about, you know, take your kids out of public schools. If your individual kid, your situation, do do what you absolutely must. But in some ways, like this is like Elon Musk territory. This, I'm more going that way. Take like take over Netflix because like the public schools are quote unquote educating a lot of people, brainwashing them, turning against their own country. No matter where you send your kid, we got to stop that one way or the other, whether your kids in those schools or not. The same with entertainment on some mm-hmm. level. I don't think we can have a big enough Trump success on that entertainment level to stop the rot gut that is littered throughout. We got to address it one way or the other. So I'd almost. I, See, that's could- an interesting point. If you if they've got here's the thing, if you've got the kind of capital to produce the level of content that you want to compete with, yes. then why not just take that capital and go buy up all the Netflix stock with Yes. It? That's my point. And they've already got a ready-made platform, a ready-made brand, everything else. They've got Bargain licensing prices. rights, this- everything else. They've already got a built-in customer base. You don't have to reinvent the wheel and just say, I mean This is your we're, point. We're, we're, we, this, these are, this is our platform now, but thank you. But this yeah. is your point about uh, which shiny story do you like in terms of end times? It's the same with Trump. Trump just isn't humble enough to. He wants the shiny story, and and I think that's why this thing can't be successful because I. It's counterintuitive a little bit, but he won't be able to identify the right talent. I just don't think it's positive. proof of concept we saw in the second two years of the Trump administration. That, it's not going to work. The whole thing would hinge on that. Who's your content developer and what is their track record? And do they know what the, did you hire the conservative Kathleen Kennedy Townsend or the conservative Kevin Feige? Mm-hmm. It's got to be, it, it'll yes, be, it'll be one it. or the other, one or the other, right? He's going to hire Kennedy. Gosh, I hope not. John three seventeen. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.